Uh, we have been in a capital campaign for the last couple months called Rooted in Faith, Giving to Grow. And this idea of being rooted in faith talks about the deep roots that we have as a church family. As, as you probably know, Freedoms was founded a long time ago, 1854. 1854. Let me put that in historical context for us. Do you know what year Wisconsin became a state? Good job on your history. 1848. 1848. That means that Wisconsin was only six years old when Freedens was founded. Do you know what year the Civil War began? 1861. Not quite as many people may, may have said that loud at least, but 1861. That means that Freedens was founded seven years before the Civil War started. Freedens has lived through a lot of history. And I want to show you a photo from 1929. This is taken just right out here, right on Harrison Street, in front of our church. 1929, that is celebrating the 75th anniversary of Freedens Church. That's kind of crazy to think about, isn't it? That in 1929, Freedens was already 75 years old. And here we are in 2018, 164 years and still going strong. God has been faithful to Freedens down through the years. And there have been many, and actually probably countless men and women, on whose shoulders we stand, who have been faithful to God down through the years that bring us to where we are today as a church in 2018. And to me, as we're thinking about this building project, because, you know, that's probably on, on our minds this morning, this building project. But as we think about this building project, I think it's important to understand that, that what is taking place among the people of Freedom's Church and the ministry of Freedom's Church is so incredibly important. And so I want to take a few minutes just to celebrate the, the generosity and the dedication of the Freedman's family here in 2018. Not just generosity in terms of finances, but generosity in terms of time and talents. Because this is what makes Freedman's strong and healthy and vibrant. So I think, for instance, of our nursery workers. Our nursery workers, if you have served in Freedman's nursery sometime during the past year, I want to ask you just to stand for a moment. If you've served in Freedom's Nursery during the last year, I want to ask you to stand. You know, I, I mean, this is a, a handful of them. We have a lot more uh, who may not be here this morning. But I want to say thank you to those of you who have served in Freedom's Nursery. Because it makes such a difference in the lives of those children, in the lives of their families. And it also helps Freedom's be a welcoming place for newcomers to come in as well, knowing that there's a safe, uh, caring place for their children to go. So I want to say thank you. For what you give to the Freedman's family and beyond through your service in the nursery. Thank you. You may be seated. I think, for instance, the missions team. I'm not going to ask the missions team or anyone else to stand. Just nursery workers. Uh, missions team. Men and women who every month are dedicated to meeting together to make sure that we are faithful stewards of the over $40,000 that we dedicate every year to missions work beyond the walls of Freedman's Church. This team meets together in order to communicate with our missionaries, in order to, to encourage our missionaries, in order to make sure that our church family is updated on what's happening in our missionaries' lives. And they're in the process of even bringing on some new missionaries to support. And um, if you give to Freedom's Church financially, you have a part in making a difference through our missionaries throughout the world. This is something that's really exciting that we can celebrate our missions team and the work that we all have in the missions efforts beyond 
our walls. I think of those who help with food out in Fellowship Hall on Sunday mornings. That makes such a difference in helping the church family and newcomers connect on Sunday mornings. Think about if you've ever attended a church that doesn't have much in the way of food on Sunday mornings after services. Typically, if there's not food there, when the service is done, maybe a few people are still talking, but most make a beeline for that door. But here at Freedens, because we have the food out in Fellowship Hall after the service, the majority head out there and talk and connect. And again, it's a good place for newcomers to connect. It's so encouraging to see that the people who dedicate time and energy to that to help Freedens be a healthy church family. I think as well the financial recorders. Six women who serve on, on various teams throughout the month. They, they are responsible for recording all the income that comes in the church. It's a very behind-the-scenes role that probably most of you never even think about. It's valuable for the ongoing operation of Freedom's Church. I think about the worship team and the AV technicians. Think about the time that they dedicate. Maybe you don't think about that very much, the time of practicing. And then there are rehearsals on Thursday nights that take an hour and a half. And then on Sunday mornings, they're typically here from 7 a.m. until noon. That is a significant time commitment. And they do it with joy. And it's such a huge blessing to us. So I want to encourage you, make sure on a regular basis, you're, you're t- saying thank you to the worship team and to the AV technicians. People giving other time and talents to be a blessing to the Freedom's family. I think of small group leaders, Bible study leaders. I think of Sunday school teachers, Ignite and youth leaders, vacation Bible school leaders and helpers, men's and women's ministry, finance committee, uh, the leadership board, forever family. So many different ways that people serve to make Freedoms healthy and strong. I I think of Operation Christmas Child. This last year, the Freedoms family uh, put together and donated 112 boxes for Operation Christmas Child. They will be shipped throughout the world to children who are in need. And these boxes will be a blessing to them in terms of toys and other practical items that can help them out. But the boxes will also be a blessing to meet their need for the gospel. Because through these boxes and through materials that are included in there, children get to hear about Jesus and get the opportunity to attend a Bible study and grow as followers of Jesus. So if you contributed an Operation Christmas Child box, thank you. I think of just all the practical caring and ministry that people just give to each other and their relationships with one another and their relationships in the broader community. These are things that are not quantifiable, but they make Freedoms a strong, healthy, vibrant church. And this is so important because we are coming up on a building project, which is exciting. And you'll hear more about that this morning. We have to understand that a church can have the best, the most impressive, most amazing building in the world But if what's taking place within the church in terms of its church family and its ministry, if that's not healthy, and if that's not vibrant, and if that's not fruitful, the building really does not matter. But we can celebrate the fact that, you know what, we're looking ahead to transforming our building, making a more effective ministry tool. And at the same time, we already have a healthy, vibrant church family. We're looking forward to how God will work through us in the future to help more and more people around us hear the gospel, and help us as a church family grow as followers of Jesus. So what a blessing it is that we get to be a part of this church family and a part of what God is doing in our midst right now. And to continue to celebrate God's work in our midst, I want to just turn our attention to the screens where we are going to be uh, just watching for a few minutes a video of some of the highlights of God's work in and through Freedoms in 2018.
Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to this earth, that we may have life and have it abundantly. We thank you that you've made a way for us to be reconciled with our Heavenly Father. We thank you that you've given us the commissioning to be your ambassadors to the world around us. Lord, we want the glory to go to you. And I pray that as we open scripture right now and as we go through the rest of this celebration service, we pray that you will be the one who receives the glory. That our time together will lead not just to excitement and happiness, but will lead to true joy and true worship. Because, Lord, you are worthy of all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. We pray these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So our capital campaign has been called Rooted in Faith, Giving to Grow. And this idea of giving to grow has multiple facets. On one hand, we're thinking of the idea of, okay, we're giving financially to this capital campaign to help grow the fruitfulness of our ministry, hopefully helping grow the influence of the gospel in the surrounding communities. So that's one aspect of giving to grow. But another aspect of giving to grow is the idea that as we give of our finances to God's purposes, we grow in the process. Over the last couple of months, we've been talking about how there is a very close relationship between stewardship and discipleship. That as we give joyfully and generously is actually a form of worship. And so we can grow spiritually as we give of our finances to God's purposes. And that's been something I've seen happen in my life and in the lives of others here in the church. And I've seen a growth in unity and togetherness and teamwork and just a sense of camaraderie as we are pursuing this goal together. And that is most certainly something to celebrate. And in this idea of celebration, I think there's no better passage in all the Bible to turn to than 1 Chronicles 29 when it comes to celebrating a successful capital campaign. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, I invite you to turn in it to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles 29 tells of a capital campaign some 3,000 years ago. God had laid upon King David's heart near the end of his life that he was to lead the building of, of the temple in the city of Jerusalem to help people worship God. Now, it also became apparent that he was not the one who would actually do the building. His son would. That King David was to help raise the supplies and the finances to build this temple. And so King David launched a capital campaign. First of all, David himself gave with joyful generosity. He gave very sacrificially. And then all the leaders of Israel gave. And then the people throughout Israel gave as well. I'm going to read for us 1 Chronicles 29, verse 9, which kind of captures the pinnacle of all this capital campaign. It says, Then the people rejoiced, because they had given willingly. For with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord, and David the king also rejoiced greatly. Now what strikes me as I read that verse is a sense of joy. I mean, think about the context. The people had just, been, had just given generously. They had just given sacrificially. If you want to look at it in objective terms, their personal net worth had just decreased. And perhaps their ability to spend on things they might want in the future has decreased as well. Yet, you look at this passage, and there's such joy. It says the people rejoiced. They had given willingly. They had given with a whole heart. They would offered freely to the Lord. And it said that David the king also rejoiced. 
And it didn't say he just rejoiced a little bit. It said he rejoiced greatly. And this is what happens when people are joining together to, to pursue a common cause, to bring God glory. There's a sense of teamwork, a sense of camaraderie, and a sense of deep joy in the Lord. Now we see this joy overflowing in worship coming next. Pick up with me in verse 10. It says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. So we see David just in response to what has taken place. He is overwhelmed with a sense of joy. And this joy leads to worship of giving the glory back to God. And you may wonder, okay, why is God getting the glory here? Because isn't it people who have been giving? I mean, shouldn't the people receive thanks and gratitude? Where does God fit in this equation? equation? And most certainly, the people do um, deserve some thanks and gratitude. Most certainly, but the ultimate thanks and gratitude and praise goes to God. Because King David recognizes that everything we have ultimately comes from God. This is why in verses 14 and 16, David says, But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a temple for your holy name, it comes from your hand, and all of it belongs to you. So King David recognizes that everything that they have given, it comes from him. Here at Freedom's Church, we have listed out 15 core characteristics of discipleship. And one of the characteristics that we've talked, a little, uh, talked about a little bit in the last couple of months is this idea of stewarding our resources. And this is an aspect of following Christ, that we need to be faithful stewards of our resources. And there's an image associated with each one of these core characteristics. And the image is that of upstretched hands. And you see this gift. And this is kind of a double meaning here. On one hand, the hands are going up as if receiving a gift from above, from God. But on the other hand, these hands are like, they're basically in surrender of, of handing that gift right back to him. It's this double meaning, and that's what stewardship looks like. Recognizing, you know what, everything we have comes from God. And we offer back to him what he has entrusted to us. And then I began to think this week about another one of our core characteristics. It says, worship God as a lifestyle. And I began to think, you know what? These, these images, you could choose other images for stewardship and worship, but the images that we have chosen have so much similarity where both of them have this idea of upstretched arms. And throughout this series, over the last couple of months, we've been talking about how joyful generosity is a form of worship. And I thought, you know what, this is a literal picture that shows as we steward our resources with sacrificial and joyful generosity back to God, it is a form of of worship. And that is what is very evident right here in this passage, this idea of worshiping God. 
But then you see the people, again, they are enjoying what God is doing among them and through them. The final verse of this passage in verse 22, it says, And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. They ate and drank with great gladness. They celebrated. And celebration is so appropriate when you see God work in great ways. Because that celebration in and of itself is a form of worship. Of giving the thanks and praise back to him. And that is why we are celebrating today. Because we recognize that everything good that's happening in our lives or in the life of Freedom's Church, it's because of God. I mean, most certainly, the men and women of Freedom's Church, and we have such special people here as part of our Freedom's family. I mean, we all have a role in this. But even the gifts and the talents and the time and the energy and the abilities and the finances and the other resources that we have, we didn't make those ourselves. They came from God. And we offer them freely back to him. And so all of this is celebration and worship, ultimately, of what God is doing in our midst. And after the service, we're going to have a meal, doing exactly what they did in verse 22, eating and drinking. Our drink might be a little bit different than what theirs was. Um, but we're still, we'll have some water, some coffee, some milk, stuff like that. And then some very tasty food. Um, so we do encourage you to stick around afterwards in Fellowship Hall for our celebration meal as we continue to, to celebrate with great gladness, just like they did some 3,000 years ago.